Hello and everyone and welcome. Because Zeke started talking, I got confused. <laughs> no, 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 no. Try that again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Whiskey Wednesdays, a Fools and Flagons show where I, the DM, review and discuss topics regarding D&D while drinking a glass of whiskey. The stream will last at least as long as it takes me to finish my glass, if not longer, as the conversations take place. And lucky you, I just poured the uh, last of my bottle out into my glass, so it is full. Uh, we have a calendar to help keep track of all of our upcoming streams. The link will be down below for you to click on and see what's coming up next. Uh, Whiskey Wednesdays itself will be available the Wednesday after the Twitch live stream on our YouTube channel in video form and in podcast form on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and other mainstream podcast services. Donations are never required, but always appreciated. If you'd like to support us, please consider our coffee page. All proceeds from donations and memberships go straight back into making Fools and Flagons an even better experience, and it helps keep the podcast alive and well. You can also purchase a doodle of questionable quality from our coffee page. For a mere $5, you are not only helping us out, but you'll also get a doodle from Venera of a creature of your choosing, the quality of which will be questionable at best. <laughs> what amazing. Sometimes pretty good, sometimes pretty suck. <laughs> you can see what those doodles look like at the uh, intro slide and the outro slide of the live streams. So, uh, anybody got anything they want to chit-chat about before we start on the topic menu? You're a mm, no. No. Oh, no. you know what? I think Metal is a coffee member. I need to get him on the mantelpiece. Let me, let me check on that real quick. Wow. What a suck up. I have to switch that over from Patreon to coffee. I keep forgetting to. Ah, uh, no, he's not a tavern patron. He is a subscriber, but he is not a tavern patron, so he does not get to be on the mantelpiece. What a Slacking. fucking cheapskate. Alright. Nah, Wait, how much do you have to do to be on the mantelpiece? I think it's like 15. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. Hit your face. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh we do not have uh D, &D this week um which is that why we're doing the us. whiskey wednesdays right now uh but we will be doing it next week however whiskey wednesdays is also going to be going on a bi-weekly schedule to give me a little bit more time to uh plot and plan for the D, &D stream and then a little bit more time to really research some of your suggested uh topics which putting that in the chat now if you follow the link in the chat you will be able to join our discord and that will take you to the channel where you can suggest topics for us to speak about if you would like to join us for other things than other than just dnd &D, we play a but bunch of bad. other games uh destiny deep rock, deep rock. uh Minecraft, Battlefront, Minecraft, a bunch of other shit. So we're always looking for more people to join in and have fun and play and just be dumbasses. Or else, huzzah! Huzzah! Don't you huzzah me, young lady? I was talking to Zeke. There you go. What are you gonna do about it? I can't say it on stream. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are flagged as not safe for children, so. Oh, yes. Go. Oh, fuck you. Bring it on, daddy. Uh, <laughs> wow, really? That went, went from zero to 60 real quick. That escalated <laughs> really fast. 
Uh, debatable. All right. Well, it would seem that we have a fairly uh, small crew today, which is fine. We have Zach the Bun, Brick the Toaster, and uh, Becca the Stein. I am the Bun! Zach, but I'm a Stein. I was just about to say, we're going to have to get... uh, Uh... We're gonna have to get you a uh, talky talk avatar of some kind. Yay. I was disappointed I didn't have enough money for my Stein. Aww. The Destiny one I showed you, Ian. Oh, oh, oh! Right. I was like, yeah, I had till yesterday to do it, and I was just like, <clears throat> I was looking at my bills, and I was like, nah, I'm not gonna be able to. I was like, get it. Yeah. Oh well, shit happens, man. Yeah, it does. The Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Becca, just uh, if you have an idea of something that you would like, just let me know. The Stein's more of a placeholder for people that are quasi-regular, but not super regular for me to have immediate ideas about. Gotcha, gotcha. Sounds like a plan. All right. Uh, I do know that Pez said that he was going to be joining us, our resident Moss Lord. So we're going to put his topic kind of towards the back, at least until he pops in. So... I guess we can uh, we can start up on Zeke's topic first about turtles. Yay! Uh, did they you want to did you want to hit us off first, or did you want me to go through all the generic um, bullshit? I mean, a lot of the stuff I like about them is the lore. <laughs> I actually haven't gotten a chance uh, to uh, look at the new. Uh, stuff because I'm sure they got overhauled along with everything else. You are missing uh, nothing. Pretty lady. Nothing. Oh, that's. Did they just did they do what they did with everything else? Where it's just like very well, generic. Yeah, and what's really frustrating is that also hello Kasumi. What's really hello, frustrating hi. is that you know you get you get the stuff about your attributes, your size, mm-hmm. your your weight, your age. With these new ones, it's just like. Hey, consult the tables in the player handbook as far as what your age should be concerned, or your height, or your weight. And it's like... Call me fat. But all of these yeah. races are different. Mm-hmm. They're, they're literally... They are literally just dumbing it down for no reason. Yeah. They have no faith in their people. Um, well, I really like the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No. It's, it's, okay. it's your topic. Um... So, I think uh, what I love about Tortles is very much summed up in the little uh, excerpt they have at the top of their guide in the original Tortle package. Uh, because, like, everyone always has, uh, every race always has a little excerpt that's supposed to be a quote. Mm-hmm. And it's literally a haiku that a Tortle came up with. And the haiku is, I caught a big fish, now I search for a good friend to share my lunch with. And that just sums up Tortles as a whole. Yeah. And it's just so cute. So just wholesome and great. Um, I'm sure you all have a, a similar uh, page pulled up, but do you mind if I just like read through some of the highlights on like Tortles and their life and beliefs and stuff? I mean, I, that's, I literally copied it word for word because I, I tried to like narrow it down and make it uh, like bullet point worthy, but. Yeah, the lore itself for Tortles is already kind of short, but it's mm-hmm. everything you need to know about Tortles is jammed in there. So yeah, right. you, you go ahead. I mean, uh, you, so so Zeke adorable. is going to be Zeke is going to be talking about the legacy Tortles. So when he's done with that, I will tackle the 
quote unquote new turtles from yeah. the new bullshit book that I really wish I had yeah. spent money. And I'll, on. I'll let you talk about like mm. all the in-game stuff, like all their abilities and stuff. But I just really love the lore behind it because when I first I I made a turtle character back on a whim, and I didn't really first know did. much about turtles, so I didn't really know okay how. How would I play this character? You gotta make them down and to just the volume, talk really fast, and hear really th- or hear anything that you're saying real quick, and I just mumble while you're way through it all. <laughs> um, but like their their first paragraph sums it up really well. Uh, it just says <laughs> what mo- what many turtles consider a simple life, others might call a life of adventure. Uh, they are born near sandy coastlines, but as soon as they are able to walk on two legs, they become nomad survivalists, eager to explore the wilderness, explore its many wonders and put their skills to the test and make new acquaintances. Um, as far as the life of a turtle goes, their lifespan is actually very short. Super fucking Sup- short. Su- it is surprisingly short, which is unusual for, I think, a race that is based upon uh, some very long-lived creatures. Yeah, some um, of the longest-lived anything. Except well, for that, uh, except except for that like one jellyfish. weird not not lizard yeah maybe probably one of the most long-lived terrestrial creatures there you go except for that weird not lizard yeah <laughs> uh but they hatch from an egg as you would expect them to uh they f- spend the first weeks of its life crawling on all fours uh it when they are born their parents are actually super near death and what little time they have left they just spend uh telling stories to their young and within the year the turtle that was just born is now an orphan uh but but in that year the the parent teaches it how to speak and survive so it is not even a year old before it is on its own and ready to go which i think is just fascinating they get so batman by nature they? uh they are they are a no more than a year old when their parents are dead and they no, are, no, no, no no how old are their parents oh they live uh, to be so, roughly 50 years old uh, 50 fuck that. uh yeah <laughs> Just who wins in the race, the rabbit or the tortoise? The rabbit, because it lives twice as long. <laughs> and and that, that's that's what's just so weird about this, is that looking at turtles, what we've got, where I think there's one that was alive like 150 years ago. I mean, I worked with, when I worked at Gatorland, I was working with uh, tortoises that were, hello, hello. I, when I worked at Gatorland, I was working with uh, tortoises that were well over my age and would live to be twice what they currently like i'm gonna marry all of you (laughs) well i mean they had that one tortoise um was his name george who was brought to america the same year abraham lincoln was sworn into office for the first time yeah and i mean he didn't have he didn't have kids until he was like over 100 years old Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, uh, even the the third largest uh, terrestrial tortoise, uh, the spur thigh, will live to be 150. Easy. Yep. <laughs> Jonathan the tortoise is the world's oldest turtle at 190 February this year. He's still kicking. And making babies. Yeah. Babies. So it's it's very interesting, and just personally, as a um, as a DM or as a player, I would definitely be okay with playing around with that. Yeah, uh, I don't I, do, I don't like the fifty year old thing. That that I'm not gonna lie, I would be making me. so much fun of the fact that you'd be dying so fucking young. But at the I, I at do, the same time, going through more of their lore and their beliefs and everything, 
you'll see that they have a very, very, very full life. Like, they are happy motherfuckers. Because they are so short-lived, they are very much in that thought process, like, I need to make the most of this, and I'm going to make the most of this kind of mentality. Well, that's the thing, is that that's not even their mentality. They're just like that. They're not like, oh, man, I'm going to die in three years. Better go see the Great Pyramids. Like, no, they're just like, oh, so pretty. It's like, oh. Tiny object. I need to fuck now. (laughs) That's Uh, literally how they work. Yeah. Um, going a little bit further, a young turtle and its siblings actually inherit whatever tools, weapons, or gifts their parents left behind. So, if you were a well-traveled uh, turtle, you might le- be leaving your kids some pretty cool stuff. Some pretty fucking dangerous shit. Yeah. Uh, each turtle is expected to fend for itself. It leaves its place of birth and finds its own corner of the wilderness in which to hunt, catch fish, and get by. Uh, who? Hello. Uh... That you haven't seen him forever. Well, we are live streaming, just so you're aware. I was not aware, but now I am. There you go. Um, go ahead, Zeke. Thank you. Uh, with each passing year, it hones its survival skills. It forms friendship with neighbors uh, while also respecting their privacy. So big on privacy. Uh, at some point, a turtle feels a most overwhelming urge to venture far away from its home and uh, see more of the world gathers up whatever it has and heads off into the wilderness, returning months or years later with stories of exploits and new skills. Uh, when a turtle nears the end of its natural lifespan, it does seek out a mate and procreate. Uh, they lay their eggs, uh, numbering as few as one or as many as a dozen, in a fortified compound enclosed by stone walls that are easily defensible. So they're really big on de- They give birth in jail young. that they built. <laughs> um... If no such compound exists, they build one. Told you. Uh, <laughs> parents, parents spend the remainder of their lives guarding the compound, defending their offspring, and sharing a lifetime of knowledge before they die. When the children are old enough to leave the compound, they pick up, again, whatever weapons or tools that the new, uh, the parents left behind and set out on their own. So it is very much a uh, linear uh, cycle that they go through. Watch how sad it'd be if, like, one of the jails that Zahn burns down isn't actually a jail. It's just like a There's turtle There's a thing. bunch of baby turtles in it. <laughs> not I, a baby hate turtle. To, I hate to be oh, that guy, but Zahn probably still wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, turtles are awesome. I got nothing against turtles, but, you know, burning down buildings is burning down buildings. Right? That's what I'm saying. is arson. <laughs> I would like it's to like, think that you wouldn't do it if if there wasn't anything to gain from it. Like, I don't... I mean, sure, you'd probably do it for fun and out of spite, but if you're just like, oh, hey, a building. <laughs> guess I'll burn it down. Yeah, why not? Well... So how have you guys this... been? Doing good. Yeah, he's like, doing all right. Just like uh, you just the last watch when the jail. turtles owe him money or something stupid like that. <laughs> now that is something that he would burn down a tortoise hatchery for. <laughs> He's like he owes him money. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, motherfucker, I know you only live fifty years, so I'm gonna need to take this out on you now because you got like two years left. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm on the clock. You, your time is like coming up here soon. You Limited. can't die on me now. <laughs> And if you do die, your dad's getting uh, carried over to your children. So just think about that. It's like, yeah. Yeah, bitch. Uh, you um, want to scooch on to beliefs there, sir? Yeah. 
Uh, so it's literally titled Adventurers at Heart. Uh, this the common oh. saying of, that totals what? Oh, sorry. You're gonna circle back to their beliefs, or are you just gonna go on to their adventures at heart? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I did skip over that. My bad. Um, they don't have uh their <clears> own <throat> pantheon of gods. Uh, they do often worship the gods of other races. Uh, it's not unusual for a turtle to hear legends or stories uh, related to a god and just like, yeah, that one sounds good. I'll worship that one. Um. I mean, of course they don't have their own god. Their god only let them live 50 years. Well, now, but the next part about the, the day and night is really kind of cute. Uh, yeah, as far as what gods uh, they drift towards, they usually drift towards forest deities or deities of goodness and virtue. Not necessarily law and order because they're not really the city folk, uh, but anything that represents goodness and kindness or, for, or uh, of nature... That's what they usually drift towards. Um, Tauros believe that night and day watch over them and other creatures. The moon is the eye of the night that watches over them in darkness, and the sun is the equally vigilant eye of day. Tauros feel at, uh, most at peace when one or both of these eyes are looking down on them. They become more nervous and uneasy when neither orb is visible in the sky. Tauros tend to be uncomfortable underground where neither the sun nor the moon is visible. Um, they are. They find the days where both sun and moon are visible in the sky a blessed day. Uh, they often choose such day to leave their homes and begin their expedition into the wilderness or perform some other tasks they know to be dangerous. Like fucking. <laughs> uh, sorry. And then the next section that I was uh, that I was doing that I forgot to do beliefs. My bad. Uh, <laughs> This one is adventurers at heart. Yes. Uh, they, have a, they have a saying, we wear our homes on our backs. The shells they carry around provide all the shelter they require. Consequently, portals don't feel the need to root themselves in one place for too long. They are definitely nomads at heart. Um, any turtle settlement is primarily used as a kind of moot, uh, where turtles can socialize with one another, share information, trade, uh, and be in the safety of great numbers. For those who they don't know what a moot is, a moot is kind of like beer fest. It's a gathering. It's um, f festival like. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, let's see where we're. Uh, da, 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 da. Turtle oh, yeah. turtles Turtle. don't regard the settlements as places. Yeah, uh, they don't regard those places as worthy of defending with their lives, and if threatened. They or no longer serving a purpose, they will abandon it in a second. Uh, Fuck that tent. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, most of these uh, creatures live and discover new customs and new way of doing things by observing other creatures. Um, the urge to procreate does not kick in until the end of their life, and a turtle can spend decades away from its native land without feeling homesick. Turtles embrace a simple view of the world. It's a place of wonder, and they see beauty in the ordinary. They live for the chance to hear a soft wind blowing throughout the palm trees, to watch a frog croaking on a lily pad, or to stand in a crowded human marketplace. Uh, they love to learn new skills. They craft their own tools and weapons. They are good at building structures and fortifications. They marvel at the works of other civilized creatures, humans in particular, and can lose themselves for years in a city. And I'm just thinking, like, if they get stuck in a capital city, that's, that's going to take them forever. They're going to spend their whole life there. Uh, depending on the city, like, if it's just a ramshackle piece of shit, maybe not. But if it's, like, 
proper structures, proper walkways and all, and sort of artsy-fartsy, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, but I'm just thinking of, like, think of, like, um, what, Iman in uh, Critical Role, who's, that's supposed to be their, like, big crown jewel capital city. Oh, yeah. That would take them forever. He's not getting home to fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hello, Kayla. They love... Hello, Kayla. I mean, that being said, like, if they're in that city that entire time, there's probably, like, a whole bunch of them who are all like, this is great. And they probably have their own little turtle stronghold in the corner somewhere. <laughs> that actually might <laughs> they... be... Sorry. I was going to say that the city thinks that there's a bunch of kobolds taking care of the sewer system. Nah, turtles. Yeah. That actually would be an interesting character backstory. Is like, unlike normal turtles, I grew up in, uh, in like the weird underground of the city because that's where the turtles set up because they loved it so much. That would be you live by the shit, story. you die by the shit. Literally. I just think it, it's just like really funny. Like, watch it be like, there's this prison no one's ever seen going in, no one's ever seen coming out, and it's a turtle hatchery. No, no, it's a see, big ass people go prison. in, turtles come out, eh. and it's very confusing. <laughs> Actually, I think we just discovered Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in D and D. Yes, just have them all these like monk turtles, and they're just like going around and bitch slapping the shit out of people. <laughs> That's actually very no. pertinent to the next part because apparently they love studying architecture and learning skills they can use when building forts to contain their offspring. So they could just have their fort blend in. I told you, I know yeah. things. You got lucky. Shut up. <laughs> you shut up. I like how my little mug just yells at people, and I'm like, yes. Yep. Um, the last bit is just, although they spend a considerable portion of their lives in isolation, they're actually very social creatures that like to form meaningful friendships. They have no inbred uh, animus toward people of other races, so they're not racist. That's good. I like that. Um, in fact, a turtle will often seek out friendships with non-turtles to learn new customs and new points of view. I'm not fucking really a turtle. <laughs> no, no, not a turtle, a tortoise. Turtle. I'm not. I'm not. Turtle. It's the same thing. Are you sure you don't want to fuck Michelangelo, Leonardo? Yeah. Raphael. No. The things. Listen, sure? the only thing that Zon would fuck for would be pizza. I don't think pizza exists. <laughs> hey, you don't know. They, they learn all sorts of stuff. They might have pizza somewhere in that. In that I said surge. think. I said think. <laughs> Yahoo. <coughs> I haven't heard. Haven't heard of the DM come with a damn place that's got pizza yet. So I don't hear nobody's giving me shit. You've Ian, been in the you desert. You heard it here. Yeah. Guess what? Pizza. We got to go to Greece slash Rome slash. What's it called? Romana. Romana. We're yeah, super out. original That's with that. That's where we're going to find the pizza. We That's where we're going to find the pizza. Sushi, though. You found oh, what? Oh, yeah, you did find sushi. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, last but not least, total names. Uh, they prefer simple, non-gender specific <sighs> names that are usually no more than two syllables. If a total doesn't like its name for whatever reason, it will change it. Uh, a total might change its name a dozen times in life. My kind of people, because I cannot decide on anything in video games how my character looks. I want to change it all the time. Um, they don't have surnames or family names. Okay. Literally just, there goes Bob. Oh, wait, no. He's Phil today. <laughs> what is your name now? Judges. Think of how frustrating that would be for, like, a turtle that you've known for, like, five years. Five years. And you're just like... Yeah. Hey, Ball, how you doing? 
No response. Ball! Hey! Hey, you! You go over to him and like, Huh? I've been calling you, man. Oh, you didn't say my name. The fuck? I guess I did, you lying sack of shit! <laughs> it's like, you, you walk up to a turtle you'd known forever, and it's just like, I do not respond to that name anymore. I was like, well, what do they, what do they call you now? I was like, they call me... Tim. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Tim! <laughs> uh, so, right. scooching on into the game traits for them. They get a plus two to strength, plus one to wisdom. They reach adulthood by 15 years, and they live to be around 50. They tend to lead orderly, ritualistic lives. Uh, this means that most are considered lawful good. It is unusual for any turtle to lean towards chaos. They're... Chaos! <laughs> chaos! They are anywhere between five and six feet tall, and they average about 450 pounds. Your shell accounts for roughly one-third of your weight. You are still considered medium. You have a 30-foot walking speed. Pretty pretty average. Uh, you have claws. It takes place of your unarmed strike. You deal slashing damage instead of bludgeoning for 1d4 plus your strength modifier. You can hold your breath for up to one hour instead of the normal... Um, what is it? One minute per constitution I modifier? Minute, I think it's one minute plus <clears throat> your constitution modifier. That's right. You have natural armor. Due to your shell and the shape of your body, you are ill-suited to wearing armor. Your shell provides ample protection. However, it gives you a AC of 17. Your dexterity modifier does not affect this number. You gain no benefit from wearing armor, but if you are using a shield, you can apply the shield's bonus as normal. So that's something really important to keep in mind is that the best I think your AC could get is 19, and that's with like a plus two shield. I don't, I don't actually. Do shields even go up to plus two? Uh, yeah, uh, shields like any other magical item can go up to plus three, I believe. Or it should. I mean, you gave you gave me a shield that has pluses. Right, but that's like a, a homebrew shield. Let's see. Fair. Animated uh... shield. Battering shield, pariah shield, spell guard. Let's look at a few of these real quick. Be one of those where you go artificer. That way you uh, might be able to craft yourself a shield that's got something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That well, or I mean, you could actually so artifice yourself into armor. The, yeah. the sentinel shield gives you a plus two to your AC. And that's just a bog standard well, uh, well, D&D like, shield. It's, so it's more along uh, yeah, the lines of I like... Found, I found a plus three shield in the... Uh, the items okay well, so then it sounds like without having to get into like major artificing or homebrew type stuff base D D items very likely you can at least get yourself to 20 with a shield so does like if you go what is it barbarian since barbarians get bonuses for not wearing armor would that give them extra armor no uh in actually in theory yes because it's it's not based on armor no, because you're... Hold on. Let me go to Barbarian real quick. Uh, class features. So... Da, 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 da. Unarmored defense. While you're not wearing armor, your armor class equals 10 plus your dex plus your constitution. As a turtle, your dexterity is not applied to your AC. 
So you're already going to be at a disadvantage. So, well, says your base AC is 17. Your dexterity modder does not affect this number. Yeah, so, that's what I was about to say. The way that it was worded first, it says that that doesn't, but... I would think unarmored defense would override that if it's higher. So you say you uh, have 5 in dexterity, 5 in constitution. Is it 10 or 8 plus uh, constitution? Dex? It's 10 plus your dex plus your constitution. Okay, so yeah, you could theoretically have a, de a uh, AC of 20 just with unarmored defense. That goes for monks or barbarians. I still think you'd be better off trying to get yourself a better shield than trying than. Uh... Oh yeah, no, I I agree. Unless you're a monk, then uh, as a barbarian, you wouldn't want to put that much into decks. But as a monk, it might work out better. <clears throat> I mean, it it makes sense if you were a normal barbarian that didn't have that mm -hmm. uh shell thing. Mm -hmm. But if you're a turtle, it might make more sense to be a barbarian with a shield and a uh, one-handed weapon. That is true. Hmm. I'd have to play with that and see how D&D &D Beyond handles it. It should do whichever one's higher, as long as... Should, being the key word. Yeah, yeah that unless... doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's some FAQ that says, like, no, this is the Tortles AC, and this is what handles the Tortles AC. Because, I mean, it literally says you gain no benefit from wearing armor. Right. But if you That's are using big. a shield, you can apply the shield's bonus as normal. To me, the right. wording of that particular thing means that your shell is your armor. And right. I don't honestly know. You know what? Fuck it. Let, let's... We're here. We're doing a thing. Let's, uh, let me shit out a turtle real quick. <laughs> I shall consult the tablets of Goog. I shall consult the tablet of D&D &D Beyond. I'm gonna sit right the fuck here. Attaboy. <laughs> What's the fuck up, guys? <laughs> Entertain the stream. Oh, you guys can't see it. I'm wiggling in my chair. I'm wiggling in my chair. Let's grab a bunch of bullshit. We are so sad. Fuck you. I'm not sad. Wow, so angry. Me? To be fair, I am short. And there's nowhere else for that anger to go. Alright, I'm doing point by, and I'm doing 15 in strength, 15 in dex, 15 in constitution. How dare you. I know. And then I'm putting everything else uh, ability score. I've made him level 20, so literally everything's going ability score improvement for strength, dex, and constitution. Dexterity constitution, ability score, constitution, dexterity. Everything I'm looking at says it shouldn't interfere on base uh, rules. But like you said, there might be some wonky stuff. You just never fucking know. We're about to find out. I'm going to do one that's a... Yeah, I'm literally only doing dexterity and constitution as the ability score improvements. Just to see uh, what that does. God! Fixed HP has 285. 
at level 20. <laughs> that is a disgusting. You know what? I'm going to do... I actually want to do manual and rolled. So, three times six is what? 18? Mm-hmm. So, I'm just going to enter 18 for all those, and I'm going to do 10 for the other ones. Just to give it, like, the utter maximum it could possibly have. But that also means I gotta go back and take some of these points out because they can't have over 20. Sad. I know. It's just awful. It seems like it. I got you. Appreciate it. I'm a backup dancer. What that that Alright, we're just gonna give myself starting gold. Cool, do that. Let me see in mine sheet. Okay, so um so yes, the uh, natural shell protection, the natural armor supersedes that. Well, actually, I was about to say, how does it? How do you know? Like, what is it like? Well, no, it doesn't. It equals the same because generally a barbarian uh, gets his dex, which is ten plus his dex plus his constitution, right? That's his AC. Yeah. What's your dex and your constitution? Plus five and plus seven. Okay. So my armor class is still 17. That is should not be right. But if the natural armor is superseding the barbarian's hmm. class ability, then yes. And then even then, if, if we're just going off the fact that the turtle cannot benefit from dexterity off of or for his AC, it's still 10 plus 7, which is 17 from his constitution. So... Hmm. I don't like this. <laughs> uh, let's see. Shield. But yeah, you can give yourself a plus three shield, which would get you to 22. A shield plus three gives you five AC? <laughs> Holy fuck! That doesn't sound yeah. right. It's, well, it's a, a regular D &D shield. shield is... A regular shield is plus two to your AC, so a plus three oh, shield. Oh, okay. Mm, I thought our basic bitch shield was only plus one. No, nope, two. it was plus two. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, would you look at that? So, according to D&D Beyond, a Tortle Barbarian, best case scenario with a shield, would be able to get... 22 armor class because again it still isn't bad no that's great yeah um still a little disappointing but but eh well but i mean again a 22 ac with 285 hit points that's essentially doubled because you're going to be raging mm -hmm. i mean and okay. if you do it right you can literally make yourself resistant to all types of vulnerabilities if you choose the right subclass i think i just picked berserker for the sake of picking a subclass. Mm -hmm. But, uh... So, on top of that, uh, since you got a little sidetracked, we have shell defense. As an action, you can withdraw into your shell. 
Until you emerge, you gain a plus four bonus to AC, so that would get you to 26 AC. You have advantage on strength and constitution saving throws. While in your shell, you are prone, your speed is zero, and that cannot be increased. You have disadvantage on dex saves, and you cannot take reactions. The only action you can take is a bonus action to emerge from your shell. Uh, you also gain proficiency in the survival skill. You can speak, read, and write Aquan and Common. Okay. And that's about it. Some good benefits. Now, going to the quote-unquote new turtles. Their lore is much shorter. And it's essentially like the two paragraphs of... Um, the adventuring that Zeke read. We wear our homes on our backs. They journey up and down the coasts. They don't have a unified story of how they were created, but all have a sense of being mystically connected to the natural world. Carrying their shelter on their backs gives turtles a special feeling of security wherever they go, for even if they visit a far unknown country, they have a place to lay their heads. Uh, turtles exhibit the same range of coloration and patterns found among, the tur among normal turtles, and many turtles enjoy adorning their shells in distinctive ways. They are considered humanoid. The slight benefit that I can see about these new turtles is you can choose whether you want to be medium or small. You can be tiny. Really? Not tiny, small. Interesting. Why do you have Figure to ruin it for me? Because rules are rules, baby. Uh, you have your face right now. Just shut up. Uh, you shut up. <laughs> 30 feet walking speed, like the other one. The other change here is your claws, your unarmed strike. Instead of it being a 1d4 plus strength, it's 1d6 plus strength. It is still slashing, not bludgeoning. So you get a little bump in unarmed damage, which, oh, everybody fucking does unarmed attacks. <clears throat> um, where the other one, you were forced to take the survival skill with proficiency, you get to pick one from animal handling, medicine, nature, perception, stealth, or survival. The shell defense is essentially the same. Uh, you can hold your breath for up to one hour. It does specifically say, I don't remember if it's on the new one or the old one, but turtles are not like, they don't excel at swimming. They're not bad. They're normal. Like you well, I mean, it's kind of it's like you expect a tortoise. Tortoises really are not the best swimmers right. on the planet. Right, but generally speaking, when you're a creature that can hold your breath for up to an hour to be underwater, you would be somewhat above average at swimming. But Unless it's just because you don't want to be able to swim. I'm going to sink like a rock. I'm going to be damn fucking good at it, too. Well, I mean, that's kind of like what it is with hippos, is hippos really don't swim very well. But no, man. they can walk on the water, which is They're great. They're thick with muscle. They have no buoyancy whatsoever. They're literally Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> or any species of ape known to man. We float. Even the ones that we don't know. Yeah. Well, like, gorillas and stuff can't swim. Oh, yeah, that's true. They sad boy hour. I'd, I'd be very interested in playing a turtle again. I don't know that I would do the Bayou turtle again, just because trying to come up with a conversation that quickly in my head and not just make random noises is a little difficult. You are very good at making... 
<laughs> you are very good at making random noises, though. I am. I excel at random. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it just. I would probably argue that turtles have probably the most freedom in saying what their character looks like. Because, I mean, you could theoretically pierce your shell so you could have, like, an iron ring hooked into one part of it that has, like, you know, it's where you hang your lantern or, you know, like what Matthew Mercer did where, um, I can't remember the turtle's name, but he basically had bagpipes in his shell. Yeah. It's cool. What was his name? Um. It's going to bother me now. That's many of Ripperol Turtle Orly. Orly, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Tur turtles are very, very cool. I would definitely like to play one of those again. I think I'm probably gonna still do a lizard folk first, but uh I might have to resurrect Argos again. You know what else I find kinda of funny about turtles is turtles seem to be the only reptilian species <clears throat> that generally seem to like other people. Like, it's not about yeah, necessarily, like, the betterment for this particular clan or whatever it is. It's, oh, this is cool. Let's do this. Like, this seems, like, really neat. Let's, like, talk to these random people. They're kind of like the Arthur Weasleys of the reptile community in D&D. They're like, this thing is neat. That is weirdly accurate. I approve. How dare you assume I wouldn't be accurate? Uh, well, you know... Only, well, that's not true. Actually, a lot of people say I'm inaccurate, so that's fine. But irrelevant. <laughs> Only Ian would probably get that reference, <laughs> which Asher is why Mere. he's giggling. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all there is to really go on for turtles as far as the lore and the stat blocks go. Yeah, I, I think I, it's it, go it's ahead. definitely a. No, you're good. It's definitely a character where if you lean into the original lore with it, you have a lot to work with. And there's and there's also nothing to say you can't tweak how long they live to be more in line with how, how you want them to be. As we've talked about plenty of times before, there's nothing wrong with taking what already exists and changing it to your uh, preference. Yep. Uh, but I just love the, the culture they have. Check with your um, DM, of course. Oh yeah. yeah. Always yeah. confer with the DMs. Um but I yeah, I think I agree. Fuck the rules. They are they're both one of the most one of the more wholesome uh lore driven characters and at the same time like they it they almost uh epitomize I think I'm using that word right. Uh just the spirit of D&D &D, which is go out and adventure and find and see. That is true. Yeah. They is adorable. I think the way that you were looking to say it is they are the epitome of D&D &D adventuring. I don't think yeah. epitomize is a word. It's well, not. it is now. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the first time, at the very least, this is the first race that we've covered on Whiskey Wednesdays that's not dick. had conflict <laughs> or... There's no mention of wars. There's no mention of strife or like hardship. They just sort of like popped into existence and they're just like, I'm gonna go over there. I'll be back in like 45 years 
and he's like making eyes at this girl I'll come back for you and then he leaves just <laughs> fucking gone and then sure enough motherfucker comes back he's kitted out he's got swords he's got fucking fishnet on the back of him there's a fish skeleton he forgot was even fucking there and he's and like, he's ready hey. to make fucking babies. <laughs> You're ready to make the new generation there, Shindy Lou Who? <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, this is a really interesting race. Like you said, there's there's no war or anything. It's like it's because they don't really believe in nationality. They're they're not a they're not a us versus them. They're uh oh, we're all in this together, right? Well, I wouldn't even say they're they're of the mindset of they're we're all in this together. They they literally have no connection. Except of otherwise, yeah. Like they, they have connection to friends, sure. They'll they'll defend their friends and whatnot, but you know, they're in a town and the place starts to get attacked, it's like Well, best be hitting the old dust your trail and they just fuck <laughs> off. My my thought was like, that's a really nice rock. I love that rock. I'm gonna take your rock. Okay, here you fucking go. I'm going to go look at that other really nice rock over there. That's like, a nice boulder. That is a nice boulder. Yeah. I could just... You you talk about the town getting attacked. I can just imagine a turtle walking down the street all jaunty. All of a sudden, like, a boulder just falls out of the sky from being launched from a trebuchet. Just lands in the street and is like, I'm going to start making my way out of here. <laughs> How the fuck can you say trebuchet right? But you can't say ruin right. You like, mean ruin? runes? Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. My point <laughs> literally exactly. You could say trebuchet, trebuchet. But you can't say ruins. You leave his adorable face alone. Hey, Only I'm you allowed to make fun of him. His face. I'll do whatever I want to his adorable face. Fuck you. Promises, promises. <laughs> well, this just got awkward. <laughs> eh, can't get worse. Give me five minutes. So, moving on to no. Changelings. Wait, is this like Mystique from X-Men? No. Uh, kind of. Kind of. sounds like Mystique from X-Men. They're not naked, so not really. They could be. I mean, they hold, could be. Hold, hold one second here. Anybody could be naked. They can be naked. But they're not generally just walking around in the nude, from what I understand. Yeah, which is slightly which is Sorry. slightly disappointing if I'm going to be 100% honest. She's going to see like a changeling walking to the end, just like butt naked, the innkeeper. That guy's there naked. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he can look, he or she can look however they want. So it's not going to, it's not like they're going to make it. Uh, so let's say, what are they going to do? Get dude. caught for being naked next time? Let's just be somebody else's naked. I mean, it's they like could literally like, hear you why say, I care? It's not my body. They could literally hear you say, that lady there's naked. By the time the barkeeper turns around, you're a dude. And it's like, who? That? Oh, ugh, dick. <laughs> dick. <laughs> It's not like they wouldn't make it a pleasant view. They are usually well, vain. Well. I mean, I think of, whenever I think of changelings, ironically enough, I think of Futurama and that little alien that turned into all the different extinct species of men. So oh, that so the he can get laid? Women, and, and, um, oh, yeah. Lila just is like, if you can change everything about yourself, why would you not change the one thing that actually matters? Ooh, shut up, Mr. Pig. <laughs> oh, uh, what is... You fucking instead like some chicks eyeing you, and instead of winking, you just make your bulge bigger for a second. 
<laughs> all right okay i like how ian sounds frustrated but he can't actually have expected anything else from any of us you just told me that there's somebody who has the ability to change any and everything about their character and you don't think i'm gonna be inappropriate about it right you are also, never allowed to play out, a changeling <laughs> you can say that all you want They'll also, never be able to find you for child support because you'll never look the same again. It's the oh perfect bard. Changeling bard, yeah! <laughs> uh, you can literally, when you need solos from a man or a woman, you can literally change. Change. Also, that would make a great pairing with a uh, rogue assassin. Just like, <laughs> who killed him? That person. Where? Uh, That one. <laughs> It was him. Who? Uh, were there a second ago. So, Isa, this this is your recommendation. Did you want to talk about this at all before I go on into the boring lore and stat blocks and all? I only asked because I wanted to know more if you could find any more of the research that I wasn't able to find. I would be glad to talk your ears off about these wonderful characters and our own thought process behind winking bulges and roguignessnesses. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes. Just winked at me. Yes! Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm going to touch very briefly on the quote-unquote new changeling because it is a bit shorter. And uh, b believe it or not, they're both actually kind of the same. Like, the turtles were more or less the same as well, but sometimes the, the, the new ones are uh, slightly different. Uh, so... Changelings, via the new uh, lore, is with ever-changing appearances, changelings reside in many societies undetected. Each changeling can supernaturally adopt any face they like. For some changelings, a new face is only a disguise. For other changelings, a new face may reveal an aspect of their soul. The first changelings in the multiverse appeared in the Feywild, and the wondrous, mutable essence of that plane lingers in changelings today even in those changelings who have never set foot in the Fey Realm. Each changeling decides how to use their shape-shifting ability, channeling either the peril or the joy of the Fey Wild. Sometimes they adopt new forms for the sake of mischief or malice, and other times they don a new identity to right wrongs or delight the downtrodden. In their true form, changelings appear faded, their features almost devoid of detail. It is rare to see a changeling in that form, for a typical changeling changes their shape the way others might change clothes. A casual shape, one created on the spur of the moment with no depth or history, is called a mask. A mask can be used to express a mood or to serve a specific purpose and then might never be used again. However, many changelings develop identities that have more depth, crafting whole personas complete with histories and beliefs. A changeling adventurer might have personas for many situations, including negotiation, investigation, and combat. Personas can be shared by multiple changelings. A community might be home to three healer changelings, who, with uh, whoever is on duty adopting the persona of Andrea, the gentle physician. Personas can even be passed down through a family, allowing a younger changeling to take advantage of contacts established by the persona's previous users cool yeah but so this one specifies specifically that sorry the new changeling specifies specifically that the changeling can change their face 
And that seems to be it. In a in the legacy. Hello, Moss Lord Nim. Hi, Nim. In the legacy one, we will see that these changelings are actually able to change their physical bodies as well. I'm not saying necessarily that the new changelings can't do that. It is just not specifically expressed. Not touched upon. Right. It is gray area. Like their faces. Like their faces. Ah, you beat me to it. Uh, so, your traits. Uh, this is one very, very interesting kind of key component here. You are a fae. Your size is medium or small. Uh, the reason that I say that being a fae is very, very, very important here is there's a lot of spells and shit that only work against humanoids. And you are considered a fae. Dun, dun, dun. So, it's because... Do some of the other um, new overhaul races, do they specify considered humanoid for certain spells? Does it specify that? No. I, I actually have to check and see if Haragons are fey or not. I mean, at the very least, when I was looking through the traits, it doesn't say, like, you are fey, but considered a humanoid. Yeah, that, I'll, is, that yeah. is an I'll, interesting... I'll check again here real quick, make sure I didn't overlook it. Uh... I mean, no, I mean, uh, I'm asking, like, if this one says you are only Fey, but another character might be, you are considered Fey, but are considered humanoid for certain spells, because that would mean that <clears throat> hold, something like Hold Person wouldn't work on you, which is very. It seems uh, like an oversight almost. This entire book seems like an oversight. That's sad. <laughs> that is very disappointing. So, Haragon all come from the Fey Wild. But they're yeah. not fey. <laughs> not at all. They're that's really not fey. rude. Like, seriously, what the fuck? They're classified as humanoids. I mean, that's fine. It's what it is. But it's just like... Well, yeah. <clears throat> Hang on. Let me... Yep. Uh... Let's see. Yeah, so if we're looking at... Again, looking at the new the new book, Herangons are considered humanoids. Changelings yep. are considered as fey. And... Zeke is right. Looking at whole person, it literally says, choose a humanoid. Changelings are not humanoids. They are fey. You are, by my own personal ruling, immune to whole person. Which is... That is a... Kind of fucked. That's a massive fucking oversight. Yeah. That, that seems... I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe maybe they actually legitimately meant that. Like, that's the Did first they? time that I think they've... That's the first time I think I've seen that on any yeah. player character well, because... sheet. Because even a turtle's considered humanoid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the same thing goes for a fairy. But, like, looking at uh, any... Looking at something else, like a... Here, I found one. Uh, Duragar. It says, you're a humanoid. But then it has a little addendum that says you are also considered a dwarf for any prerequisite or effect that requires you to be a dwarf. And I think that mostly deals with uh, feats and stuff. Um, but it's it's specifying you are a type of humanoid still. And that's weird that they are only considering them as fey. Yeah. It is just it's bizarre. Well, you know what's also kind of funny? Looking at the legacy changeling, 
it doesn't specify what you are. It oh, just says, yeah, well, it just says think, your size is medium. <laughs> I think all the legacy, it was just taken <clears throat> as an understood, an understood thing that if you're a playable character, you are considered a human. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that, again, it does not specify that you are a humanoid. Yeah. Which is interesting. It really is. Yeah, I, because I, I think there was just a general understanding that if you are a player character, you're a humanoid. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts. Well, uh, so, actually... so that kind of covers... I, I'm going to go over a few more of these things, and if anyone has the time or mental capacity, can you look up and see if there's any negatives in the sense of, like beneficial spells like uh sanctuary or cure wounds or anything like that that could maybe so you get the benefit of not being affected by harmful spells like hold person but does that also mean that you're not able to be healed or revived like does revive say that you need to be humanoid hold on i'll look it up for you um I'm also looking at uh so changelings were originally added from the Eberron uh, modules. They released the first Eberron one, and then they had an overhaul with uh, Eberron Rising from the Last War. And for that uh, module, changelings are still considered a humanoid uh, in their in their monster um, in their kind of like I guess you could say faux uh, purposes. Like oh, as an enemy? Changeling, yeah, as an enemy, if you went up against a changeling and used a spell on it, it is considered a medium humanoid. A changeling shape. Hmm. I like how I look up if there are any negative effects of being Fey in D&D, and it says, a deaf person can't hear anything. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so helpful. It's like, many negative effects include, and I'm like, for the love of God. So that is kind of interesting that they do have that. Um, they have temporary deafness, and then they also have playing a deaf character in D&D. That's kind of cool. Hmm. Uh, so I'm while well, you're looking up some more potentially interesting spells there, I'm uh, going to touch on the last two bits here for the quote-unquote new changelings. Uh, you get changeling instincts. You gain proficiency in two of these skills. Deception, insight, intimidation, performance, or persuasion. You are a shape changer. As an action, you can change your appearance and your voice. You determine the specifics of the changes, including your coloration, hair length, and sex. There it is. You can also adjust your height and weight and can change your size between medium and small. You can make yourself appear as a member of another race, though none of your game statistics change. You cannot duplicate the appearance of an individual you've never seen, and you must adopt a form that has the same basic arrangement of limbs that you have. Your clothing and equipment are not changed by this trait. You stay in the new form until you see until you use an action to revert your, to your true form or until you die. Where you revert to your true form, and then you sad. And then you sad. And then you sad. So. Okay, uh, so I did find something. But it was interpretation of the DM. So I don't know how accurate it actually would, but it's interesting. So they had a changeling who was apparently born male, turned female, got pregnant. And they were trying to use healing spells during, like, an issue with giving birth. And because they were fey, and the healing spells were geared towards humanoids, they would not allow the spells to work on the fey. 
Well, okay, let me, uh... That's the only thing I can really find that actually talks about using spells on a fae for, or, um, any kind of fae for good purposes and for changelings. Well, so that's interesting, though. I'm curious what spells those were, because if you're looking at Cure Wounds, it says, A creature you touch. And Revivify is, A creature you can touch. All I can, like I said, the whole thing was this guy, like, freaking out because his DM wouldn't let them use it. But that's the only thing I've found so far. Um... Uh, so there are actually a lot of spells and character abilities that affect Fae. Um, taking one we've talked about before... Uh, a ranger's favorite enemy is a fae. So instead of having to take a certain type of humanoid, which you can only take, uh, which very pigeonholes it, that means that certain characters are now a part of a favorite enemy if you fae. Okay, so I did find something else really kind of interesting, though. Um, mm -hmm. So they can... Only their ability to change height and weight is limited to medium-sized beings, which means they cannot do anything that's small, tiny, or bigger than medium. That's like legacy larger. changelings. Yeah. Um, but it also says here that they can't add limbs. Right. This so, like, if you were so trying like to turn can't... into a dragonborn, you couldn't sprout a tail. Yeah. Or, or lizard folk, sorry. Well, I or mean, wings. some right. dragonborn don't have tails. Yeah, right, which sure. is why I changed my statement Very to... Yeah, very controversial. Listen, I feel that they should. That doesn't mean that all of them do. So, which is why I changed it to lizard folk. You could not turn into a lizard folk and sprout a tail. You couldn't sprout an arm from your forehead. Oh, hold on. Uh, but I'm, so I, I'm very interested in that other situation that you were talking about because looking at the the basic healing, so healing word, mass healing word, greater restoration, lesser restoration, revivify, cure wounds. They all say you touch a creature. Which is a just broad, you know, doesn't include undead and constructs, basically. So I'm Sorry, really I'm curious kidding. what spells they were trying to use that would not allow them to. And that could have been a fate. DM thing, because like I said, the guy was like going, like I just read like the first like two paragraphs of him going on a rant. Yeah. Um. So there are actually only maybe uh, 10 to 15 spells that specify humanoid, mm -hmm. animate dead, calm emotions, charm person, create undead, crown of madness, dominate person, hold person, uh, magic jar, and reincarnate, and... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Simulacrum? 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 Spell it? Yeah. S-I-M-U-L-A-C-R-U-M. Simulacrum. Simulacrum. Thank you. Uh, and uh, so those are the ones that only affect humanoids. Which means that if we're going by the new rules... Then if someone uh, at a lower level, like, say, a level 5 uh, wizard who would have access to hold person, they might try to use hold person on a enemy changeling. It wouldn't work. They would have to be a higher level to have hold monster if we're going by rules as written. Which I think is a little bit 
<clears throat> Unbalanced? It also says the changelings cannot pick up racial benefits or detriments or otherwise change their stats. So if that's the case, they wouldn't be able to change their stats into humanoid, which means it would still be Fae, so anything that affects humanoid wouldn't be able to be used on it. Correct. Yeah. So essentially what a changeling is doing is if you imagine like the seeming spell, mm-hmm. except instead of it just being a visual illusion, you are physically changing your appearance but that is it it's just your appearance like if you give yourself like tiefling horns they're not going to be like horn horns and i actually don't even think you could give yourself horns because that's technically an appendage yes according to this so i could actually huh sorry you were saying i I was going to say like technically with like a dragonborn you could probably fake the ridges of scales, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, so I actually have a comment. Uh huh. So I've played a changing character before, and with it, I've noticed a lot of it is really ultimately up to interpretation for the DM and like what they're wanting to allow because it is such a um, unique character type. Um. But there were times where my changeling would shapeshift into a humanoid that did have either horns or tail. And the way they worked it is you could appear to have those items, but if someone were to come up to you and try to like move their hand through the horns, it would go right through it. Huh. Yeah. So kind of similar thing with Kasumi. Like it's, it's an illusion for those additional appendages like they don't physically grow them but they can appear to have them but they're just not but which one's there. the real kasumi the fox dun, or the dun. human dun, dun. but yeah that um, was kind of how dun, they dun. decided to work changelings i will say this about while um while certain lower level spells that used to work on changelings by rules as written don't work anymore there are a few uh things that do work on you now that are quite a bit of a drawback so just say for uh just for the purpose of this um say you have a a changeling character and you have changed into disguise to like infiltrate a group or something Mm -hmm. well say there's some sort of paladin in that group and they and they're like, oh, this is a secret meeting, so we need to make sure no one's eavesdropping. Uh, the enemy paladin uses detect good and evil. They know you're in the room because that detects Fey. Yeah. So there's definitely there drawbacks are, to it. Yeah, there are some interesting drawbacks. Um, and certain spells like <clears throat> dispel good and evil, protection from good and evil, uh, work on you. Um. A lot of uh, character abilities that might turn or uh, or uh, harm Fey. Not spells, just character abilities work on you. So, rules as written, there's some pretty large drawbacks that also yeah. could work on an enemy on an enemy changeling. Like, oh, there might be a changeling among us. I don't know who we can trust. Detect good and evil. It seems like a high risk, high reward kind of uh, class. Yeah. And 
going off of what Kirsten said, just my own interpretation of it, if someone were to play a changeling in my campaign, this says, as an action, you can change your appearance and your voice. You determine the specifics of the changes, including your coloration, hair length, and sex. To me, the way that, and it also says like you can adjust your height and weight, but not so much that your size changes. But still, the fact that you were physically able to change your height and your weight and your hair length, that leads me to believe that you are physically changing yourself. Yeah. So, I, I, I do kind of agree that, like, coming up with, like, uh, you know, a tiefling that maybe doesn't have a tail, because, you know, a tail's an appendage. You cannot... You don't have the the muscle knowledge to do those. I'd probably let you get away with tiefling horns, because it's yeah. it's just they're there. You don't like really move them or anything. That's true. But then again, like changing the sex in that sense is kind of interesting. Like, because I mean, the way that it's written, it makes it sound like you literally give yourself a uterus. I mean, yeah. well, the best the best part about that is maybe you can't do it until you've uh, experienced it. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. And no we are for the moving on. I'm okay. No. So while joking, I am actually being serious. If like you haven't seen it, you can't do it. Yeah, like oh, so you'd you have to be a murderer. Not, not a murderer. Well, yeah. How else are you going to see a uterus to copy it? You go to like doctor school or some shit. Yes, yes, I doctor will, will school. Go to doctor school. <laughs> yes, I would like one doctor education, please. <laughs> well, no, but they do like the thing. Shut up. Read a but book. they they do the thing where they have like you can observe the different surgeries and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like the the that whole thing. You could have just yeah. gone to one of those and been like, oh, that's what that looks like. Anatomy books. Anatomy book. Yeah, because those are a dime a dozen in D and D. No one asked you, Ian. There's got I am the DM. Everyone somewhere. asks me everything. No. Yes. Fuck you. No. There's, there's got to be a wizard <laughs> of uh, of like necromancy out there or something who's like, I dissected a human. This is what I found. <laughs> this is the fun things I found inside the squishy body. Someone's invented X-ray vision at this point. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, scooching right along to the legacy changeling. It's it's still very much uh, a similar kind of thing. It just it expands a little bit. Um, so, wherever humans live, changelings reside also. The question is whether their presence is known. Changelings are born to one of three paths. A few are raised in stable communities where changelings are true to their nature and deal openly with the people around them. Some are orphans, raised by other races, who find their way in the world without ever knowing another like themselves. Others are part of nomadic changeling clans who keep their true nature hidden from single skins. Some clans maintain safe havens in major cities and communities, but most prefer to wander the world. In creating a changeling adventurer, consider the character's relationships with the people around them. Does the character conceal their true changeling nature? Do they embrace it? Do they have connections to other changelings, or are they alone and in search of companions? Uh, we've already touched on the masks and personas. That's pretty much 
copy paste from the other one. Something I think is also interesting about changelings is that if you procreate with another species, there's only a 50% chance that your child would be a changeling. And there are cases where they don't develop that until, like, that ability until life and death situations. So, How confusing that be? Steve's almost dead! Turns to look at Fred, get help! Looks down. Where the fuck did Steve go? Who the fuck is this? Hi, I'm the gnome! <laughs> well, like, I just think that also, like, because of course I'm going to make another Harry Potter reference, but that could lead to a very, like, Neville Longbottom kind of situation where his uncle kept hanging him out of windows and shit like that. Like, just have a really irresponsible dad just be like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to put you in, like, dangerous-ass situations until eventually you become a changeling. Well, I'm curious. Where did you... Is that like non-official D&D or is that like an older edition? I didn't, don't remember from seeing 3. any of that. 3.5. Ah, okay. <clears throat> so they left out that useful little tidbit of information. Three point, I think 3.5 historically uh, focused on a lot of like, here are the reproductive stuff of different races. And everyone's well, I mean, like. They were very suppressed ah, at the time. The rise of the bards. Yes. <laughs> but I also think it's really funny because like, again, like you could have people who have left like their families because they think that their child isn't a changeling and then it develops later which leads to a very interesting kind of situation but i mean i know zeke and i have talked about this one campaign where it was an entire village based off of the children of all the bard like the bard had all these kids and they all just congregated and i think we were talking village. about during the last whiskey wednesday yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just think of like 50 percent of them are changelings like, think of the chaos. Like, the unmitigated yeah. chaos. Hey, Dad, you remember me? Uh, not really changes into your mom. Oh, I remember. I remember. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I remember her name was, uh, that Lucy. One. Wife Lana. number seven. It kind of reminds me of Ego from um, Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's just like, that montage of him, all the women that he screwed mm -hmm. to procreate with, it's like, oh, this isn't going to be good. There's so many options here. Uh, they have a little bit of an expanded trait tree in the legacy version. Whereas the other one didn't get any real bonuses to their ability scores, the legacy changelings get a plus two to charisma and a plus one in ability score of your choice. Um, changelings mature slightly faster than humans but share a similar lifespan typically a century or less while a changeling can transform to conceal their age the effects of aging affect them similarly to humans so you know your knees start being able to tell the weather uh, hello Raggy Ann how are you doing we're just ranting and raving about bardic changelings and the hellscape that they procreate Life works. on the world the world also, can you imagine, like, a changeling is, uh, a, like, a really old person, but they're disguised as a really young person. It's like, come on, we gotta jump to the other roof. It's like, I, I can't do that. It's like, why? My bum oh. knee! <laughs> I'm old. Like, you It'll can't be, be over 20. <laughs> that you means see nothing. this 20-year-old fucking trip on a cabbage? Ah, oh, my hip! <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like me, every single day. <laughs> Just complaining about life. 
Uh, so the legacy changelings, they lean towards neutrality on the alignment chart with very few of them embracing evil. Which is kind of surprising when you think about what they're capable of. Uh, your size is medium, you're, you're similar in size and weight to a human, 30 feet of walking speed. The, uh, the shape changer feature, that's pretty much the same. You're able to change your, uh, your skin coloration, your hair length, your sex. You can also adjust your height and weight, so that uh, not so much that you change uh, out of the medium. You can make yourself appear as a member of another race, though none of your game statistics change. You cannot duplicate the creature, the appearance of a creature you've never seen, and you must adopt a form that has the same basic arrangement of limbs that you have. Your clothing and equipment are not changed by this trait. Uh, you stay in the new form until you use an action to revert to your true form, or you die. And, you know, you it's weird change. that they say that, because you you can use an action to just change again. I would assume. You change your sex. Sex? Yeah. I'm going to change so it from no to... to yes. That's uh, <laughs> so fucked up. Do you have to tell. change to your true form before you can change to a new form? I don't know. I mean, now that I'm reading it, that is kind of what it sounds like. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't say that with the with the new one. It just says you can you can change. Uh, I think it does. Yeah, it does say it. You stay in the new form until you use an action to revert to your true form, or you die. Oh, it's it's under the shape changer part. It's like a second. Okay, so yeah. Oh, oh, uh, it's okay. not or you die. It's or you die. Oh, okay, I get it. I was about to be like, so wait, if you yes. don't change back, the two you just options die. you have to not have that form is to change back to your normal self or you die. Those are your options. You no, it was more along the lines of like the way that you said it. I, I was I'm aware. Like, <laughs> It's just like, you don't change back. Well, guess I'm dead now. No, yeah, you're going to fucking die. It's fucking Animorphs, man. You're stuck. Uh, There's the a reference. Animorphs. Ah, that someone did get it. That was a fucked up TV show and also That was a up fucked movie. up book. And the books oh, were yeah, hard. The first, the first chapter, one alien cannibalizes the other while he's still alive. The fuck? Yeah, and their hooves are where their mouths are. They literally yeah. eat while they walk fucking disgusting the whole thing was disgusting man i mean it was an awesome book when i was a kid let's be honest i read the shit out of those and they books. used to they used to sell them at like the middle school book fair where do you think i learned of them i know i read I'm the like, shit out of those books not read this? holy shit the reading rainbow look okay reading in all fairness rainbow. when those books were out in elementary school for us we were also watching Brandon and stimpy like that's fair. times were fair. different back then fair uh, my so, mom still makes fun of me for knowing every word to the pinky and the brain opening. I mean, it's not pinky that hard. And the brain. The One brain. is a genius, yes. the other's insane. Yes. Anyway, Hi. Uh, you get to gain proficiency in two of the following skills of your choice deception, insight, intimidation, and persuasion. You can speak, read, and write common and two other languages of your choice. You did not have that option in the new version. Yeah, I think in the the new characters, they took out a lot of the uh, learn a language thing. Yes, they took out a lot of stuff. I, I I would gamble that that book is meant to be like fast paced one shot characters because there's there's just nothing in them. I think it's more of uh, again, we don't want to 
uh, enforce stereotypes in anyone, so everyone is a blank slate. So long as they Everyone's don't get special. rid of the legacy stuff and just say, like, this is now what it is, I, I would be mad at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. Be pissed. Uh, well, closing thoughts, concerns on uh, Changelings? Well, I know what character I'm playing next. I mean, I... Do you not have, like, 8 billion things that you're already wanting to be? Man, I, no, 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 no. I'm just going to point this out. I hope that I'm part of that campaign because I'm going to play a character that doesn't trust anybody and kill Zeke because <laughs> he's going to turn into somebody that I don't know. And I'm like, I don't trust you. Die. Who are you? What <laughs> have you done with that? Billy Bob Norton? It's I don't believe you. Kills them. Immediately turns back. Uh. Well, no, no, no. He wouldn't shit. turn back. He would turn into his gray form that you still wouldn't recognize. Oh. <laughs> I knew it! Aliens! Aliens! <gasps> it's the children no, no, of the no, corn! Aliens. Wait, wait. How many people remember the movie uh, Home on the Range? Nope, yes. Uh, oh. Hang on, let me, let me look it up Is that the quick. one with the cows? Yes, Are you the literally the making a cow reference? No, no. It's Ooh. the villain, because the villain uh, has three nep three like identical twin nephews yeah who all look exactly the same but they're all super dumb so when he puts on his disguise they're like who are you what'd you do with uncle slam and like literally it's just a hat yeah it's just a hat and glasses and they're like what are you doing what'd you do with uncle slam and he's like it's me you idiots that's a, that's the changeling character in zach <laughs> yup it's like all he gives himself is a mustache and Zack freaks out. <laughs> oh, God! Kills him with blatant disregard. Blatant disregard. <laughs> blatant disregard for anybody's safety. Especially since, like, he watched him do it. And he's Fireball. just like, die, bitch! That would be really funny. Uh, he's like, hey, you want to see a trick? Yeah, sure. Sits there and watches through the whole transformation. It's done. Who are you? <laughs> Like, that'd be the greatest first episode ever. Title, no, oh, sorry, the greatest title episode ever. Team he kill. doesn't even say anything. He literally just kills him. Pulls out a gun, blows his face off. I oh, that's I right. Trust you. <laughs> the only person I couldn't trust was myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, he looks at the rest of the party. Anyone else got some magic tricks? <laughs> so, Isa... This, this was your topic. Uh, did we kind of clarify things for you? Did you have any other questions or uh, rule interpretations? Yes, this actually helped a lot considering this is uh, kind of the race that I want to go with for my first D&D &D character. Okay. Yeah. And we didn't oh ruin boy. it for her. Huzzah! Well, I want to be a changeling rogue, so... Oh, that's There you go. Get you see <laughs> Get used to using a lot of new fine. voices. <laughs> I loved playing a changeling although I will say I actually had my character be in her gray form for most of the time did you really? Really? Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of the cool. way that I'm wanting to lean to <clears throat> yeah I had her have like this silver hair and yeah it was just kind of something different <laughs> just find your one in person to your party's like man you kind of look bland hold one second here pulls out a sharpie just starts drawing facial features <laughs> 
What, what's that new Netflix movie with the the family against the robots? And for the robots to get mad, they just drew like angry eyebrows on them. Oh, and then their face turned red. The Robin, not the Robinsons. Uh, the Mitchells. The Mitchells. Yes. Mitchells. Yeah. Yes. Oh, or or like so that funny. one gif where it's like the the teddy bear puppet and just like slams his head down onto the table and suddenly <laughs> yes. it has two angry paper <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs> that makes me happy. Oh my goodness! Uh, but yeah, could you? I just love the thought of a changeling being like, "I don't like this person. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin their life." Changes into them, goes into a public space, and yells just like the worst thing ever, and then walks out. Oh man! Yeah, I think uh, so many inappropriate things to yell that would put right? you in jail. <laughs> Ain't that the like, catch me if you can? Turns the corner, changes back. Oh yeah, he went that way. <laughs> like pointing so, back towards the inn. The interesting <laughs> thing here is that. It says that a changeling cannot change into something that they haven't seen. So mm -hmm. I guess the interpretation that, I, I, that I'm giving to the group as a whole is, is it like Mystique where she can literally only turn into the exact person, person she saw? Or is it, I have seen this hairstyle, I have seen this skin, I have seen this body type, mash them together. Like, you couldn't come up with a hairstyle. So how would, how would you rule it? I would it? say it's the second one. The yeah, because the second one sounds yeah. like more... More fun. Yeah, and it also could work on how creative the changeling can get. Yeah, that'd well, be now, fun. Here comes the other question that I've got. And this, this may be more towards like a... Uh, more like a hardcore D&D uh, campaign playthrough... Would you implement, because generally speaking, when you are using disguise self or seeming or something, the DM is going to have you roll something, you know, deception to make you uh, see if the voice that you are trying to portray is correct or that your disguise is actually, you know, close enough. Considering a changeling, you are changing yourself perfectly, your voice, your body type, your hair. Like, there's almost no chance that that could be wrong. The only skill check that I can really see is your deception as far as can you convince this person that who you look and sound exactly like you actually are. And I'm curious yeah. what you guys kind of think of that. I would, I would say it would be on a uh, scaling difficulty of how well the person, person you're talking them. to knows the person you're impersonating. Well, not, I mean, that part I, I get because you are trying to figure your way through it. What I'm getting at is if you were playing a more hardcore D&D &D campaign, would you try to implement a, well, like, how well do you remember this person you saw? Do you actually mimic them, their appearance and voice perfectly? Or is there something off? Or would you just say, say, no, you're a changeling. You know what you're doing. I would say just because... They are, their changing is not a, I, the way I would interpret it is their changing is not a, how to, uh, it's not like a, a, a physical, like they have to practice changing into a certain thing. It is a magic, it's magic from the Feywild, so they, it just, and magic itself yeah. is almost copying it's, the appearance and the voice. It's not a skill, not a it is a fact. Yeah, it's not like a muscle that you have to train. It's just a fact of your biology. Okay, yeah, that's fair. 
I was just trying to look and see if there was any any way to like overly complicate it for no fucking reason. <laughs> As you do. Mm-hmm. As you do. Um, and on, but on the note of convincing other people you are who you say you are, again, that pairs really nicely with the uh, assassin rogue because a lot of their class features is studying people and studying their mannerisms to where you can oh, infiltrate no. their life. My mannerisms. I just had a terrible thought. What? what? Please tell me this terrible As thought. As I am taking a drink of my whiskey, what if uh-huh. a changeling meets someone while they're drunk? <laughs> Will they change into it? Are they all they just like all Picasso'd? Like Oh my goodness. That it that mm, that is interesting. Or I would probably for the sake of you not becoming like an, an eldritch horror. I would say that you were probably too drunk to probably get a grasp on the person you were trying to mimic. I disagree with the statement in its entirety. I demand Picasso. Which is why you're not the DM. Also, would you, if you got drunk enough, would you accidentally turn into the wrong form? Just not, not like the, not like a, not like a messed up version. Like you try to change it into one person. Yeah. You accidentally you're change into you're supposed to turn into the senator, but you turned into the housemaid or something. Um, so this might be a dumb thing, but have you ever, it's a, oh God, um, Brendan Urie, the band mm-hmm. he's in, shit. Panic at the a, Disco. Yes. They have a um, music video where they have an alien who disguises themselves and is like flirting with Brendan Urie and she gets drunk and her limbs keep turning back into the alien limbs and it's all from her perspective. And then she eats Brendan Urie gets even drunker, goes back to the bar, and because she's so drunk, she just transforms into her actual form in the middle of the bar. I just feel like that would be totally like the changeling. It's like, all of a sudden the hand turns back into like the gray skin, and then it's like, oh shit. And then like, just progressively getting drunker, and you just change all the way back. I I don't remember what song that is. I would probably say... That's super situational. Like, yeah. you, you would have to say something to trigger me as the DM to be like, I need you to make a, I don't know what, a constitution check just to see if your brain is in the right state to not go, I'm going to be an elephant now. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing turn, and I'd turn, be so happy. Turns into the, there actually is an elephant person, a there is or something. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Uh, it is a, uh, Loxodon. Loxodon. Yeah. Yep. And the hippo people are coming to D&D yeah. with Spelljammer. I'm so happy. I, having looked up the Spelljammer ship per Nim's request, which we're going to be touching on here shortly, I'm actually kind of interested in getting that book. It's expensive, though. Well, I, I know the basic premise of Spelljammer. Do we want to start, since I brought it up by, uh, by total happenstance that we want to start transitioning over uh yeah we can move on to that topic uh i i literally just went on to the um the wiki for it and Mm -hmm. just kind of basically copy pasted everything that was there because it's just it's very interesting it it has a lot to do with the the base planes and of existence and shit from og dnd which has always been really fucking confusing to me which is why I don't really use the pantheons and the planes in my own campaign because it's it's just it's too fucking much. 
Yeah, you, it's it's easy to use like the traditional like the four elemental planes, the Feywild and uh, the um, Astral Sea, um, the Abyssal Plane, Shadowfell. Oh, the antithesis to the Feywild. Right. Like those are like the basic ones, but outside of that, you got all like the godly and ungodly planes, all, all the different uh, mm -hmm. dimensions, and you're just like, ah, this is too much. The nine hells, the abyssal plane, the astral sea, uh, all that other crap is. It's, yeah, purgatory. Yeah. Uh, so a, a spell jammer is a type of magically powered vessel that could travel great distances, even into the Sea of Night, which, again, I don't know what the fuck that place is. I don't even think I've ever heard of that one. That's um, kind of cool, though. <clears throat> each ship has a magical helm, or captain's chair, quote-unquote, that allowed a suitably powerful mage to pilot the ship. Some spell jammers are were also capable of traveling to other planes of existence. Spell jammers vary enormously in design, but many contain common elements. One such element was that was uh, present in a variety of spelljammers were fan-shaped sails, whose purpose was to harness the flow of phlogiston, or, if within a planet's atmosphere, the wind. Uh, let me look up what this phlogiston crap is. Hold on. Uh, phlogiston was a term that could either refer to the space between the crystal spheres of the prime material plane, or to the flammable fluid that permeated it. A rainbow-colored chaotic material that surrounded the spheres. See, it's you, what, what the fuck does any of that mean? It's, it's powered by fucking midichlorians. Moving on. Also, uh, the Sea of Night is space. It's literally just space. Then why didn't e they just fucking? Okay, moving on. Because they gotta, they gotta name it a cool thing. <laughs> it, mm. All right. Uh, the size of spell jammers was typically measured as their tonnage which reflected the volume occupied by a ship in spatial tons and was different from the typical tonnage of seafaring ships. One spatial ton was equivalent to a volume of 100 cubic yards, 76 cubic meters. While traveling through the emptiness of wild space, ooh, fancy word for space again, or the flow of the blah blah blah, away from large objects, spell jammers could reach a top... Christ. Spell jammers could reach a top speed of 100 million miles per day that's 68 that million excessive. kilometers an hour that seems excessive well i mean if you think about it you're in space there's no friction i'm just saying excessive. Ah. this meant that a trip from toril to selun uh could be completed in just over an hour the sun could be reached in two days and the crystal shell of realm space was 64 days away again these are places i don't not really familiar with it seems like you just have super super fast ships uh these high speeds also called spell jamming speeds could not be maintained in the vicinity of a gravity plane or inside an atmosphere whenever approaching an object at least 10 spatial tons or a thousand cubic yards in volume spell jammers immediately decelerated to much slower speeds which were usually determined by the ship's size the quality of the helm and the pilot's magical capabilities. So, yeah. So there. I don't. I don't remember seeing anything that said like why they were called spell jammers, though. Ooh, ooh! I know, I know. Uh, yes, you, you the retard in the back. Uh, so spell jammers are actually named after the original ship. 
which is a large part of the uh, lore of the Spelljammer universe, uh, because there there used to be this one like basically artifact ship called the Spelljammer, uh, which is supposed to be like the most powerful ship in the cosmos. And every other ship after that was named as a Spelljammer in honor of it. And a large part of any Spelljammer campaign often ends with finding the Spelljammer and kind of taking over the universe. Huh. Wait, let's back up to that last part right there. Because it's supposed to not only be a ship, but a very powerful weapon. Oh. Really. So, Nim, is the reason you wanted this was so that you could spread your moss across the planar existences? Maybe. <laughs> that, sure and it's also a big part of my campaign that I'm coming up with. Because I know a lot about Spelljammers. The Spelljammer book isn't supposed to be coming out till August, if I looked at it correctly. I thought it was already out. No. It was a pre-order on D&D Beyond for like 20% off. Yeah, it's like 60 bucks now. <clears throat> I may get it in time, but I've got loads of time to throw the money at it think about it oh let's see moving on into the history spell jamming technology had existed for a very long time for example early historical accounts from the second age of kalimshan describe three beholder colony ships crashing into the alimir mountains in tarsik of negative two three eight one dr there were also myths from this huh you having an okay time there? You seem like you're like just frustrated with all the words. It's just a bunch of terms that I don't understand, so I'm just not caring to put any effort into it. Gotcha. Uh, there were also myths from the same era about chariots in the air and monstrous flying birds and insects that led some scholars to postulate that these two were uh, spelljamming craft. Many of these vessels and vessels like them still existed in on Faerun in the mid-14th century DR, the elves of Evermeet maintained a small fleet of them, while the derivatives of these strange and mighty vessels could be seen flying openly over the southern nations of Nimbral and Halrua. In the 15th century, spelljammers and astral ships regularly delivered supplies to the Githyanki inhabitants of Stardock, the asteroid that visited roughly once a month by spelljammers, typically crewed by gnome traders, Githyanki, or other races. Around the same time, the squid ship class Spelljammer Scavenger was captured by Halister and brought to the Caverns of Ooze level of Undermountain. So I'm sure someone out there knows what the hell I just said. Man, those sure were some big words to use there, Ian. I'm happy that I was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the kind of interesting bit here was the, the section about its their reputation. Uh, spell jamming was looked upon favorably by the Church of Akadi, as its priests saw value in it as a means of further spreading the faith. By contrast, the Church of Grumbar denounced spell jamming and would preach in public about its evils, believing that it was a foolish that it was foolish of the people of Toril to explore the cosmos when there was still so much undiscovered on their own planet. So even in D and D, religion is screwing with shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, to kind of shed some light on some of the stuff you said, um, the in the late 15th century, that bit where it's talking about astral ships and uh, spell the Yankee, mm-hmm. yeah. So the Githyanki and the Githzira, I think is how you pronounce it, 
were actually slaves to illithids who had a large the the mind flayers who actually had a large fleet of spell jammers and go around and capturing them and so they were an entire race enslaved by them till they broke free and helped uh the mind flayers kind of collapse huh. and by help i mean forced because <laughs> they had they had a huge revolt um and then the next part uh the squid class ship scavenger so that's actually in Faerun. Uh if if you actually have uh the module for um oh what's it called? Hold on. Uh, da, 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 da. It's the so I have this, where is it? Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage uh is all about the uh undermountain under Waterdeep. And that's where you can actually find that spell jammer because uh, it's made by Halister the Mad Mage. So hmm. there's actually a spell jammer you can find, uh, according to this, uh, in one of the modules for uh, Waterdeep. Interesting. Chaos. Chaos. Also, oh. I found more. I found more about the original spell jammer. It's actually the child of a god. It is a <clears throat> sentient ship. And looks somewhat between a uh, cross between a manta ray and a scorpion. Um, no wonder you like it. <laughs> its value is seven point five billion in gold. So, uh, DM, does this exist in our universe? And one of its weapons is a sphere of annihilation. Can I also dismount the weapon from the vehicle before I sell it? <laughs> It'll be worth the same if you dismount the. They don't need to know what I'm taking off of the ship. They probably I mean, know well, what the fuck it is. At the very least, you have to wait until August so that I can read up on this shit. Oh, okay, yeah. that's good because I need ultimate power and destruction to my hands while also ultimate having a fuckload power. of money. <laughs> you guys have a fuckload of money. I... Like you should not have as much money as you do right now, <laughs> generally speaking. <laughs> Listen, is that, kid? I'd have less money, but the weapon that was made available to me, I literally couldn't use. Also, uh, let's see. It's it it can host a crew of five thousand uh, plus, but doesn't need it because, again, it's a sentient creature. Uh, and it's but who is going to scrape the barnacles off its back? <laughs> From... has this What's up, ship? Nothing much, baby. How you doing? <laughs> Uh, from head tonight? to tail. What? Sorry, go ahead. No, you good. From head oh. to tail, it is uh one point five thousand feet, and from wingtip to wingtip, it is three point one thousand feet in length. Uh, All I hear is super quick. Uh, there is a storm coming through. If we, if the stream just suddenly ends, uh, we're dead. So <laughs> we're dead. Yes, and I caused it. Of course you did. Uh, we are kind of more or less reaching kind of the end. Uh, I mean, you please keep talking about Spelljammers. Like, I'm all for potentially bringing this into my campaign, but I... Yeah. At I, the same... I haven't even talked about them. Yeah, let, it, it's, it's Nim's thing. Nim, I have notes. You have notes? And Go for like it. How, how you all ruined last week with my notes. Oh, <laughs> poor baby. Wait, I'm how did we ruin last week with notes? Because oh, because he I kept talking about it. No, it was mostly me, and I felt bad. I'm sorry. It Nim. wasn't you. It was, it was, it was Zeke, wasn't it? 
anyway. Be... Go ahead. Think of spell jammers as like uh brain. As a big brain? Uh no, he's thinking. Oh, 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 right. Uh why why brain no work? Uh you have notes. It. Look at the notes. Look notes not loading on phone. Oh, oh no. babe. <laughs> notes not loading. I'm like, but how's the paper not work? <laughs> oh babe. Hey, all my notes are online too. I don't read. I'm on Google Docs. You can Would load. Would you like me to distract on random side notes until then? Please. Okay. So, you know what Spelljammer seems to remind me a great deal of? Oh, I and remembered. It is... it yeah, there you go. Good job. Treasure Planet. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah. Think think of the ships from Treasure Planet. That's a, that's pretty much what Spelljammers are. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, do they kind of have that... Uh like bubble of breathable oxygen and gravity and all and if it those machines yes. go down you can suffocate and float off yes minus the suffocation That'd oh be sad. But they have their own gravity can you just breathe in space yeah oh yeah. i mean i knew you could breathe in the astral plane i didn't know that you could breathe in just fucking space yeah um also it takes a lot of magic to break through the uh, world spheres because, or the crystal spheres. <clears throat> My throat's closing up, so apologies if I can't talk. Oh, baby. Um, uh, you, you gotta watch out for <clears throat> a lot of monsters in space, a lot of like dreadnoughts, um, uh, shit. Yeah, astral dead you got dreadnoughts. This. That's what they are. <clears throat> Isn't Jesus. that what was chained up in campaign two? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, giant, huge, semi-related to beholders, only terrifying Tarasks in space. Um, a lot of piracy goes on. The Gith Yankee and Gith Jirai are usually space pirates. You got to watch out for Illithids and their Nautiloids, which are what their ships are called. Um, spell jammers are usually pirate piloted by a very powerful mage, usually wizards. Um, you can contract a wizard to man the helm of a spell jammer, or uh, you can be a powerful enough wizard. I think you have to be like level eight or above in order to properly pilot a spell jammer. Uh, let's see what else, what else, what else. Uh, killer cobalt from outer space. Be warned. <laughs> they are uh, distant cousins of Pez. Yeah. Get it? Because space. But, ha! Yeah. Spell gemmers are cool. Uh, they're, it's literally, they um, sound cool. treasure planet. And, I'm, uh... I'm looking up astral dreadnoughts for the first time, and... Yeah, don't. They're terrifying. Good God. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're armor class. What? They're, yeah, it, it's, it's. Go yeah. to sleep. I don't think I don't want to hear another word from that room. <laughs> um, but spell jammers do have their own armor class and uh, weapons and all that jazz. You can, like, have stations, kind of like um, another D&D games, and also in uh, Pathfinder, you can have um, different 
different job titles like gunner, engineer, and stuff That's like cool. that. Repair. The spell jammer becomes a uh, chip, or a the spell jammer becomes a character that you all have a character sheet for. That's so, pretty cool. It's very fancy, very fun. I they are a huge part of the campaign that I'm writing, and uh, yeah. Well, cool. I'm excited for that. I mean, I'm I'm all for blocking out like a day of the week for you to host your own D and D stream if it ever comes to that. Sorry, not if when it comes to that. Yeah. Uh, so for the sake of the storm getting ever closer, uh, any closing remarks about Spelljammers that we want to touch on without walking all over Nim's notes? They are awesome, and they are my 80s rock band. (laughs) (laughs) It does sound like an 80s rock band, actually. I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, so, last... We played Moth Rock. Moth rock. <laughs> Moss rock. Moss rock, sorry. Whiskey tongue. Uh, scooching on to Becca's recommendation of building a backstory and character development that's realistic and natural to the character. Thank God you're in here so that you can give us an example of what you're talking about so we can elaborate. So, do I have to use the character we're building or can I just use like a Oh, dealer's, dealer's choice. Okay. So, a lot of the times with backstories, um, some some people will do like this whole big elaborate backstory, and it's amazing, and it gives you a great idea of like character development and things like that that makes sense for the character. And sometimes they're just like they go with the stereotypical of like the rogues, where like the rogues' parents are just dead. I know there's like so many memes of Batman. them just yeah, basically Batman. And they're, or like, um, what was the one where it's like, ma'am, your baby is a healthy young man. That's great. Oh, crap. It's a rogue. Ma'am, I'm sorry. You know what we have to do. And they just like kill the mom. Wow. Have you not seen that meme? I think I have, but it's I must have blocked it from my memory because that, that's pretty <laughs> fucked up. It's pretty funny, though. But like, does it make sense for you to be an orphan? Does it add something to your character? Or are you just killing them to be edgy? Is kind of what my point of, on that is. is. Every rogue is edgy for the sake of being edgy. They think they're cool. Right. No offense, well, Kirsten. I'm... Kirsten actually had a lovely backstory. She is not a normal rogue. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm just using that as an example. Mm-hmm. But like, are you just adding things to your backstory just because you think like that's cool? Or is it that the stereotypical norm? Or are you actually trying to develop a character based on the backstory? So, like, I'm going to do my character because I don't know what else to do. So Ian and I are developing a character who's a tabaxi. And she really doesn't trust other people. And the reason why she doesn't trust other people is she was actually um, attacked in her backstory. So tabaxis, when I was doing research on, um, like, the different races... Tabaxis are actually killed a lot just to take their skin and their fur. And so she actually was attacked by someone she thought was her friend to do that to her. So it makes sense in her character development that having something like that in her backstory would affect how she treats her new cohorts. How does she treat other people? How does she interact in like an open environment? 
it's developing a backstory that you can feed off of and that makes sense to bring your character to where you want them to go versus just adding something in there like every wannabe Spider-Man has a dead Uncle Ben. I would also like to see uh, Metalocalypse did this once where like everyone in the band had like shitty family lives like their parents were just garbage their dads beat them or whatever and their manager's like look we all know all of you hate your dads blah 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 blah. and the lead singer nathan exposure's like what the fuck i don't know what you're talking about i fucking love my dad he's awesome and it cuts to him super heavy metal like dark greasy hair white makeup just in a little fishing boat just smiling with his dad fishing in the middle of a lake and then they're on go-karts just tooling around a thing just laughing it's like it's such a fucking left turn that I would love to see the super edgy, super dark rogue. And then like you go to a town, they're just like, you hear your, the character's name be called out and they turn around and go, Oh mom. Hey, how you doing? And it's just like, there's no like, Oh, it's my mom. It's like, mama. Like I would love to see something like that. Just the, a total flip on the head of stereotypical character backstory. So proud of all this shit you've stolen from everyone. We love you. Yeah. Like, Thanks for the gift, son. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're not gonna ask where they came from, but like that's great. There's actually a webcomic I've seen where it's like a barbarian joining an adventuring group. It's like, yeah, my uh, my parents were lost in this uh this, oh, I love in this that village one. fire, and then they hear, son, son, wait. You forgot your lunch. You turn around and it's this like dwarf dad and that and the half work mom coming after their half work son. Like you forgot your lunch. It's like like, a mom. It's like a whole series actually, and one of them is really funny where they're gonna go into this cave, and the mom makes him wear like so many layers that he looks like that kid from a Christmas story. Oh yeah, he's marshmallowed out, and he's like, and the one guy, the one guy in the other. potions, mom. Right? That's pretty much what he said. But, like, I love one of the the comments to that was, does this count as him being encumbered? (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was another instance, a video I saw that was sort of like Becca's uh, Everyone Has to Be an Edgelord, or uh, the the precursor is like, oh, well, it's a rogue, you know what that means. There was was a TikTok or something I I saw on YouTube, and it was uh, this woman coming up to her husband and and he's like, honey, I've got some bad news. He's like, what? He's like, I'm pregnant. I was like, no, wh- why? We're villagers in a fantasy universe. You know what this means. And he's like, she's like, I know, I know. We'll, we'll just pack up and we'll, and we'll move and we'll, and we'll go into hiding. It'll be fine. And it's like, yeah, pack up everything. We plan for this. We, we plan contingencies. We know what to do. And, he's like, and the wife's like, how long do you think we have? And then the villain pokes his head out from the door. He's like, I say you get about nine months. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's fucked. <laughs> no, it's funny no. as hell. It's so funny. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. I, I remember reading... It was it was one of the like the the DM websites where you just share your stories and he was talking about his one player was literally just like th- this dude joined the party because he was having a midlife crisis. He was a farmer. He had a great you know job, a family, blah blah blah. And he was like, I just want to go on an adventure. Mm-hmm. So he's just this average. Because that's the other thing about backstories that always really bothers me is that you you know. 
everyone comes up with this epic backstory. He was in the military. He was like top of his class. Blah, 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 blah. Day one of the campaign. I know fucking taumaturgy. I can cast prestidigitation. It's like... A bitch. It doesn't make any sense with your backstory of you being this colossal badass. But now you're the farmer who's like, I'm going to go on an adventure and learn some spells. It's like... You join this party and you're literally sitting there like listening to the job and you're like flipping through your book like, uh, uh, uh this spell sounds, sounds good. Uh, I don't think that will kill any of my, f- uh, fuck it, I'll take that one too. Uh, and then like as you go, you literally progress and that's, that's just, that's never in almost any backstory. Right. I uh, will say the one exception, almost. I think, uh, I, no, you're good. The one exception, I think, to, um, to like, oh yeah, I used to be this badass person. Be- that being okay is if you have a good reason why you are not that person anymore. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and use Zahn as an example. Zahn was not always a cleric. <laughs> Zahn was just good at hand-to-hand combat. And then he almost died and executed everything. <laughs> Spoilers. I've already made this public knowledge. Yeah, he's already talked about it a little bit. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I wouldn't I I'm giving that away. That's it. And we've talked about it in the campaign too. I, I will uh, say that pretty much everyone in the group didn't have an epic backstory for the most part. Like mine was sad. Pez's was, was sad. very sad and he, he kinda came up and reached the level that he's at because of his own hard work previously. Hard work. Proud of you, hon. Brick was literally born in a box. Ta-da! I mean... He's so special. Well, he's special in another way. <laughs> yes, he's like short vehicle special. Um, so, speaking <laughs> That's of so like... That's so sad. Just hmm? randomly going on an adventure because they felt like it. That's what Herman LeBouf is. Oh. <laughs> The more the more you talk about and complain about not playing Herman LeBouf, it just makes you wonder how long is Pez for the party. <laughs> I mean, he's like all of a sudden Pez is just done with life and he's like, I will Back see you bottom. on the other side. And it's well, just like just Pez disappears. I mean, in all honesty, I I mean this isn't spoiler because I have no idea, but I honestly wouldn't put it past Pez going to the Nightly Kingdoms or even further north Kingdoms. and being like Kingdom, shut up, I've been drinking. And just being like, this sucks. I'm going home. That'd be kind of cool. Just have like a different character for every kingdom. (laughs) No comment, because that's something I was planning on doing. (laughs) Unless someone in the party can convince Pez to stay. In the Nightly Kingdoms? Or just to stay with the people. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. I think a lot of us have already become very attached to not only Pez, but also Hamburger. Hamburger. So. Watch, like, can... Pez, watch Pez leave, but Hamburger stays. Hamburger has to stay. Like, you can leave, but we keep this. Yo That'll bitch. probably make him stay. <laughs> Spoilers. Who knows? Um, I will say a really good example of uh, what I was talking about before with, uh, it's fine if you were a badass as long as you have a good reason for not being a badass anymore Um, 
Critical Role. Uh, Liam's character uh, used to be this like top of his class wizard, unbelievably uh, skilled at magic. He literally goes insane and loses all of that and has to start all over again. That is a grade A reason. I went insane and lost all of my knowledge. Makes sense to me. That's sad. Yeah, he was basically had the memories tortured out of him, more or less. That's sad. Yeah. yeah. Or or another great one is like I used to be a a great hero back in my day, but now I'm old and frail and I have to work from the bottom all the way back up again if I want to reach my former glory to help you whippersnappers out. That would be a fun character to play. I know this is stupid. Yes, but, it is. But go on. But I'm. <laughs> I, we're talking about, like, going through something and having to, like, build yourself back up. And I just had a flashback to after I had my brain injury and having to relearn English. And, like, that'd be, like, a really cool backstory for someone, too, of just, like, getting the shit kicked out of you. And then having to, like, not just remember how to do, like, fighting and stuff, but, like, having to relearn how to, like, speak and how to do languages and, like, all this other stuff. By the way, Ian, I can hear you typing. Yeah, I know. I have my CRISPR turned off. Okay. I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably typing uh, secretive things. So I actually... Today? I had I a... Play uh, myself. Fuck you. There was a... Someone... It was a story I saw on like Reddit or something. The guy was saying that like he had secretly learned German or Spanish or something. And like just literally didn't tell anybody. And then one day he like faked falling down the stairs and then he just pretended that he didn't know English. He just spoke in German or whatever the other language was just to fuck with people for like a year. I like it. Well, oh, it's like the, what was the, uh, the nine one, the fake nine one one call. And it's like, hello. It's like, start speaking in Spanish. It's like, me cabeza. And also I'm talking about, right? No. No, good, great no, story, though. Glad not. you involved us with that one. Uh, yeah, bitch. I mean, so I'm... I hate to try to rush this along, but the storm is blowing through, and I don't want it to cut us off early. I mean, we have been going for two hours. A while. <laughs> and we've, yeah, so. we've essentially touched on everything that we were talking about to a pretty decent extent, I feel. Uh, any closing remarks on backstory and character development? I mean... At least in my own opinion, as far as our campaign is going, I feel like everyone's staying within their bounds of um, development. They're staying within character. They're definitely growing as characters. That's nice. Yeah. Yep. Um, I would say that's that's probably my favorite thing about Brick and sort of the reason I designed him to be the way he is. is like I want to see if I... If I start with a blank slate, where is that blank slate going to go? What am I going to just drift towards uh, as a character? Oh, I have plans uh, for you. Oh, God. Yeah. You oh, God. will die. There, Rick has already had to deal with some mental stress. I, I don't know how he's going to handle whatever you have next. Do it, uh, do that's a crying it, fucking shame because you don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bad moon on the rise. Yes. Actually, Excitement. I need to, uh, to check up on some, some stuff here. Seven dollar. Where are my notes? Ah, here we go. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Got it. What? No, nothing. It's fine. Don't worry about what? it. What? 
Midnight hour. Okay. Uh, well, if that's all that we all have for tonight, then I think that concludes episode five of Whiskey Wednesdays. Okay. Uh, so we do not have the D&D stream this week. That will be next weekend. Uh, I think think metal is going to have metallurgy magic this weekend for something i don't recall exactly what i didn't get a chance to talk with him too much this morning i know he was updating some stuff with minecraft when uh he was online so we'll probably likely do something along those lines but uh keep an eye on the calendar link should be down below and you'll you should be able to see when we're doing stuff if not there join the discord that's where we talk about what we're going to be streaming next even if you don't want to talk, you just want to pop in and just listen to us be idiots, you're more than welcome to listen in and be muted. It's uh, pretty entertaining. Yeah, watch stuff while we're streaming it, because we, we play games all the time that we're not streaming on Twitch that we stream for everyone else to watch. So, um, yeah, let me go ahead and post those links in the chat again. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else. So... Thank you guys so much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed. And uh, we will be back for Whiskey Wednesdays in two weeks. So if you have any suggestions, pop them into our Discord, and I will look over, look them over for the next two weeks and come up with uh, a bunch of shit to ramble on about. <laughs> okay, any closing remarks? All good? Thank you for joining us. Okay. Thank you for joining. We'll see you guys next time. What? Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Whiskey Wednesdays podcast. You can watch the show live on Twitch every other Wednesday. If you'd like to recommend a topic for us to discuss, please join our Discord. The links can be found in the description, and we look forward to seeing you soon.